Well, that was a disappointing way to end a disappointing season for the Oklahoma Sooners. More of the same. They uh, they can't stand prosperity. Saturday night in Lubbock, they led by 18, which is just over three minutes left in the first half. Yet Texas Tech comes back and wins the game. 51-48 to was the final. Sooners had their opportunities again, yet they finished 6-6 six and six for the regular season. Now they look forward to a bowl matchup. Uh, coming up, we'll know the details of uh, not too uh, far away from now, but uh, certainly a disappointment in Lubbock over the weekend. Welcome in, everybody. Monday edition, Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Steelman and Thune at noon is underway here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. And uh, Parker Thune now the number one enemy of Texas Tech fans all over the country. I can't buy a win, man. First it's the Notre Dame fans. Then it's the Arkansas fans. Then it's the USC fans. Then it's the Notre Dame fans again. Now it's the Texas Tech fans. But, you know, Steele, I just I decided it would be appropriate to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Mule Shoe's abrupt and unceremonious departure yes. by telling a whole bunch of lies of my own. <laughs> All right, so explain to people they're very angry at one of your tweets uh, because all you know what broke out in Lubbock. And I told you they're low-down, dirty scumbags out there. They're the worst. The Tech fans. They and are. And you, you were exactly correct, I, yeah, I don't I lie. I can dispute none of what you have said I mean, about I, that well, fan base. I may lie a little bit, but I don't lie about the Tech fans. They are subhuman. They are horrible humans is what they are. They're all spawned from hillbillies and goat ropers, and they go to a junior college out in West Texas, basically. So they're they're. They're just bad. They're scum. So context. Okay, yes, you tweeted out something, and the Tech fans have not let you hear the uh, end of it. So, it's right after kickoff. I am walking down from one side of the field to the other behind the Oklahoma bench to get to an adequate position to be able to take photos, right? And as I'm walking, I see a gold battery, must have been a AAA based on the size, whizzed, whizzed by my head probably six inches in front of my face. I did not think twice about it. I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I've heard the stories. Like, I guess this is just the kind of thing that happens in Lubbock. I'm going to put my hood on and watch out for batteries the rest of the night. But I sent out a tweet about it. I It, it was something, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Like, I didn't get hit by a tortilla, but I did almost get domed by a battery. And the tech fans lit me up over it. They're like, do you have proof? Did you take a photo or a video of the battery? If not, then quit spreading these slanderous lies. I'm like, it's not that deep. I don't care enough. Again, I thought it was just a thing that happened. Apparently, they're very offended by the notion that anybody would throw batteries at Jones AT&T Stadium. And unless you can provide tangible proof that something like that happened, they will shout you down and call you a liar. Well, it's just Twitter. It's not real life anyway. But uh, there is no doubt. I mean, if you're a tech fan listening today, you're scum. I mean, period. <laughs> you are. Everybody knows it. You throw batteries as well. I'm not saying there's a barrage of batteries, but I would put the over and under on batteries tossed at every tech game, particularly when Oklahoma's there at 10. You can take the over or the under. It's going to be very close. Yeah, they just... I can still remember the post game. Go Raiders! Go Raiders! You know, during the J.D. Reynolds interview, they are low-down, dirty and scum. And all these fans, like, their entire Twitter army just repeatedly continues to come after me. It's all these people with cactus emojis in their Twitter names, too. Blowing up my DMs, blowing up my mentions, 
quote tweeting me into oblivion and they're all like either show us proof that you had a battery thrown at you or shut up don't make these accusations against an entire fan base Texas Tech is the worst. Like I said, you're out in West Texas. That's where evil presides. That's where Mule Chew was spawned. They all are the sons or daughters of hillbillies or goat ropers. There, <laughs> there aren't any good hillbillies. There are a few good goat ropers out there, but not a whole lot. So at a certain, I mean, basically, they are all the spawn of uh, Rip and Beth on Yellowstone. That's what you're dealing out with out there at Texas Tech. It's a glorified junior college out in the middle of nowhere. So finally, I get on Twitter and I just tweet, tweet what they all want me to tweet, which is, I have zero proof that this happened. So take my word for it or don't. And finally, they're like, you can let it go. We all know you're lying. And somebody was, there were a couple that said, great journalism reporting something happened without any evidence that it I'm like, I sent a tweet. I didn't write a story. Oh, my gosh. So people are so stupid. I mean, there is so much stupidity out there, and you will find the lowest of the low and here's the on thing. Twitter. You know I, that. You know that. Oh, yeah, and here's the thing. I tweeted a lot during that game, as I do, right? But no Texas Tech fan has gotten in my mentions and disputed that every single section behind the Oklahoma bench was chanting, he's a— Two words or two syllable word that I'm not going to repeat. Yeah, when Dylan Gabriel was down, writhing on the ground in pain. Something you might call a cat. Yes, when Dylan Gabriel could have been knocked out and suffered a major concussion. That was a horrible play call. Like, by the I, way. I mean, it's creative. But come on, I mean, you put your quarterback. You know what? Let's give them a chance to absolutely tee off on our quarterback when we don't have a backup quarterback. Well, all rooting interests aside. That's just a lack of human decency, if that's yeah. what you're chanting at an injured player. Well, they're not decent out there. They, they don't know decency out there. They just don't. But again, none of them have gotten in my Twitter mentions and disputed that that happened because they all know it happened. And they all participated. Yeah. And, and the bottom line, well, the, uh, the text line has your back. Like I said, I've said this for years. The tech fans are the worst. They're the absolute worst. And there's nobody in the same zip code as them And when it comes to just being downright scum. They are. They absolutely are. A glorified junior college that beat us. Yes, I was talking more education level, Wichita is what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not saying OU is the Harvard or the Southwest or anything, but compared to tech, I mean, come on. Yeah, look, no excuses. Oklahoma, you can't go 6-6 six and six at Oklahoma, Brent Venables, and stay employed that long. Uh, I am completely still on the Brent Venables, uh, you know, train because I, I think he's a good football coach, and I think he's going to get this t- thing turned around. But, man, you got to show some progress next season. 6-6 six and six at Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, th- did they make some progress? Yes, incremental progress. I do think the defense – Got a little bit better. The offense, when Dylan Gabriel was in there, for the most part, could move the football. But in terms of winning at winning time, they couldn't do it. They could not do it. I thought this team, Parker Thune, I think we both talked about this, like the floor for Oklahoma was 8-4. and four. And you know what? They should have been 8-4. and four. You should have won that game in Morgantown. You should have closed that game out in Lubbock. But – you have to be a good team to do that. And Oklahoma is an above-average team. You know, 6-6 six and six is really average, but nah. you, should have cl- yeah. you, you should be 8-4. and four. You should be 8-4. and four. But, again, you can't make the, the crucial mistakes that they made 
Whereas the year before, and again, you had a quarterback savior and all of that. I get it. But where you making up plays, Oklahoma's tradition was to make the plays to win the game. That is where Sooner Magic was born. I know this roster isn't as good as it has been in years past. But again, it almost feels like, to a certain extent, they were even cursed. It was that bad. Like, I don't know what OU did to anger the football gods. It should be USC that is cursed. But, of course, the demons have control out there. And Caleb Williams is about to win the Heisman. And freaking Mule Shoe is going to the playoff, more than likely. Again, Steely, we're living in the 42 months. I know. Out of the Book of this, Revelation. This is very difficult. We it's will get through difficult. this together. All right. What I want to know, we're going to play this. This was the clip that Braden Willis had on the uh, podcast on the Prairie a few weeks ago, where, you know, he talked about his belief in Brent Venables and what was going on. And this is what he said about, you know, his year with Brent's and how he hopes in the future it will pay dividends. Like you said, seniors just want to win, and we haven't done a lot of that this year. And I, I feel I'm going to see the I'm not going to see the fruits of my labor right now. I'm not going to see it this season, right? But in a couple of years, a couple of years, BV is going to win that big that big thing. He's going to win that title, and I'm going to look back and I'm going to be like, I did that. I had a hand in that. I started that. It was my start of that era that allowed that to happen. All right. Uh, so how do you guys feel about that, that comment right now? All right. How do you feel about that? What's, what good came out of this season for Oklahoma? I'm just asking the question again. What good came out of this season at Oklahoma? Everybody's frustrated. I get that. Uh, everybody knows that's not up to the OU football standards. And I think a lot of fans out there were willing to give this team a pass this year to a certain extent because of what happened in the offseason. But they didn't expect 6-6. Six and six. They didn't expect, again, stuff like, you know, Woody Washington, you know, lining up offsides as a cornerback on third and seven, you know, in game 12. And Woody Washington's a pretty good player. That shouldn't happen. They don't expect you get what looks to be the – pick that's going to turn the game around and Oklahoma's going to win the football game. You can't cash it in. C.J. Colden makes a big play. That's a winning play right there, but you can't take advantage of it. And again, that was the story this year for the Oklahoma football team. All right, and the uh, Braden Willis sound there was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri-City location, serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics, what do they do? They treat orthopedics and uh, sports injuries, and uh, they do it with the very best at Ortho Central. All right, uh, break time right here. Let's light up that Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Parker has already taken off his uh, hoodie. It looks like he's broadcasting in a crock pot over there in the studio. I very much am. Slow roasting. And the Tech fans continue to roast him, too, on Twitter. Help a guy out, will you? All right, stay with us. We're coming right back. We'll hit the text line. We have Jesse Crittenden at 135. A lot ahead here on this Monday. Keep it here.
Bowman and Thune here on a Monday on the home of Sooner fans, the Rep Radio Network. Good to have you with us. We are brought to you in this first hour by uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you, Tim Lasher. Great Sooner, great company, 405-651-3439 on the text line. Uh, we'll get to as many of those as we can today. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming on to uh, take a look back at the Sooners' regular season and recap what happened in Lubbock over the weekend coming up at 135 right here on the program. Hey, Porter Moser and company, they got a championship over the weekend. They won the ESPN events invitational. The Sooners beat uh, Ole Miss 59-55 in the final Nice day for Grant Sherfield, leading the way with 12. Sam Godwin came off the bench, had 11, 10 each uh, for Tanner Groves and Bijan Cortez. Oklahoma shot seven threes, made four, won the game 59-55. Sooners go to 6-1 uh, and one of the year. This Saturday they play at Villanova in Philly, 11-30 on CBS. Villanova's 2-5, and five, though, to start the season. Uh, Jay Wright retired at the end of last season, of course, uh, and then Saturday, the 10th of uh, December, they'll play Arkansas at the BOK Center in Tulsa, noon on ESPN2. In between those two matchups, they will play Kansas City at the Lloyd Noble Center December 6th on Tuesday. All right, Thunder in New Orleans tonight, 7 o'clock in uh, New Orleans. Oklahoma City lost at Houston Saturday night, 118-105 is the final. Thunder 8-12 and 12 on the season. All right, 405-651-3439. All right, so Parker... What good did come out of this Oklahoma football season? Simple question. What good came out of this Oklahoma football season? I mean, that's not a question with any easy answers, Steely. <laughs> yeah, it, I know. Uh, I know. What good did – like, it – I mean, Eric Gray had a nice year for what that's worth. Uh, you got some young guys, a lot of experience. R. Mason Thomas, Javante Barnes, Jaron Canick, even though I would have liked to see a lot more of Jaron Canick than what we saw. Um, you got a year under your belt as a first-year staff working together. Brent Venables has a year under his belt as a first-time head coach. At this point, it's – I don't know, Steele. It's hard to look back on this season and say, yeah, that's something that – you can legitimately be encouraged about heading into next season because even you think about some of the standout performers this year. Eric Gray is going to be gone. Braden yep. Willis is going to be gone. Yep. There's no guarantee C.J. Colden comes back. Marvin Mims. I, I feel like Marvin Mims is going to stay. He did say he's playing the ball game, which is good. I like that. But look, the bottom line is this: uh, Do I still believe in Brent? I do. Is that belief somewhat shaken? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's at 100 percent right now. But I think Brent Venables was too good as a defensive coordinator at Clemson. And I think, obviously, won a national championship at Oklahoma as well. But the bottom line is, as I've said, we don't know if Brent is a really good head coach. We know he was a tremendous coordinator, particularly at Clemson. He was outstanding, best in the country. But that doesn't mean he's going to automatically be a great head coach. And there was a lot of stuff that didn't look very good this year. Game management, clock management, getting the calls in late. Again, not making winning plays. And I completely understand the roster was, uh, uh, you know, Muleshoe did his part, stripping the roster, 
graduation did its part also when you think about guys who went to the NFL on defense with DTY, Brian Osamoa, you know, and uh, obviously up front with Isaiah Thomas, Perry on Winfrey, and Nick Benito. Those are huge losses. And again, the Sooners, Dylan Gabriel, decent quarterback, solid quarterback, not a star, uh, not good enough to be your quarterback savior. You saw what Caleb Williams did against Notre Dame when they had him corralled a couple times in that game. He finds a way. Yeah, and we've had people but, on the text line saying, oh, use easily a 10-win team if Caleb Williams is still the quarterback. Well, no crap. At this point, I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams could turn any team in America into a 10-win team. That's yeah. how good the kid is. Bottom line, what did you think of uh, Dylan Gabriel's comments? Let's play those real quick. Okay. Can we do that? Uh, and I don't know if we should make a lot, uh, but let's play the uh, Dylan was asked this. There's a clip in there. Dylan was asked this after the game. I believe it was Dean who asked the uh, the question, if I'm not mistaken. Here, here's the exchange. Dylan, a lot of people will want to know, do you plan to return next season? Just uh, too fresh. I'm just uh, – I'll figure that out real soon, though. Dylan, you're a transfer portal person. Do you think that there's going to be a lot of roster turnover or is it going to be just guys making the best decision for themselves between now and the bowl game? Things God, God's got a plan for everyone individually, and I think, you know, it's, that's a BV question for sure. There you go. Uh, what yeah, do you think? Uh, what do you think? That was an interesting response, wasn't it? I mean, look, it's after the game. He's frustrated. So sometimes you have to take that into account. But that doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement right there that I'm totally bought in to me. Where's he going? He's not going to the NFL. I mean, unless he wants to be like an undrafted free agent or a really late pick. I'm not trying Maybe to dog Maybe he's going to go kid. play for Bob Stoops. Maybe. XFL bound. There you go. But no, I, I – I mean, are we making too much of that? When I heard that, I'm like, what? Yeah, no, what? it definitely. Say what? Yeah, I I can see why people took that sound bite and kind of turned their head sideways over it because if you're definitely coming back and you know you're definitely coming back, and here's what's interesting to me. Dylan was singing a different tune a week, two weeks ago. He sounded much more optimistic about uh, – what Oklahoma would have in 2023, and it really sounded like I can't remember what exactly his comments were, but he definitely gave off the vibe that he was, without question, coming back. And my question is, is, is he thinking transfer portal? And I, I don't know. Again, there's nothing to go off in that capacity other than a read on that comment right there. Yeah, So and I don't know. And again, look, man, you've got to have thick skin to be the quarterback at Oklahoma, particularly in the day and age of social media. Steve Davis was undefeated, you know, before the Kansas game in, uh, in 1975. They'd won 28 games in a row. They lost that game. He got booed. He got booed by the fans as he left the field. And all he had done is had won. And by the way, they came back to win the national championship this year. But, um, you know, to me, it's just a look. He was asked the question. I just thought the response was interesting that, you know, you know, you would expect maybe he's going to say, hey, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be back next year going at it. We play the bowl game, play well, blah, 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 blah. What's he supposed to do freaking cartwheels after that loss? No, but, but it, the, the answer to the question could have been a lot different than that. And maybe it was just Dylan Gabriel was frustrated and tired and, you know, he kind of got, well, he definitely got the, uh, the wind knocked out of him. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, I guess we are 
Kind of in the uh, the beginning of the purge. Yes, the purge is coming. How is this going to be like the horror film, The Purge? Is it going to be really down and dirty? And is it going to be really scary or what? It's going to be a bunch of guys that don't have any hope of playing at the University of Oklahoma for the remainder of their collegiate careers. And it'll be a few guys here and there that have contributed for this program. I already know of a few names, guys that have seen the field and in some cases seen the field in a pretty substantial capacity that are going to move on via the transfer portal. But... Uh, That's as far into it as I'm going to get. And the majority of the attrition, the majority of the portal entrants that are outbound from Oklahoma are going to be guys that are depth and nothing more right now. So what Venables and this staff are going to try to do is replace all those depth guys with guys that can come in and at the very least compete for playing time. Yeah. Because there are, I would say, 10, 15 players on this roster right now that simply will not even compete for playing time at this rate now or ever. All right. Uh, is it possible he sees himself as an NFL prospect? Yeah, it's possible. Absolutely. It may, you know, I don't know, Parker, do you think Dylan Gabriel would be drafted? It would be a late latter round if that late. happened. Yeah. It would be very late. And I'm not saying he's a, he's a horrible quarterback. He's had his moments. And, again, the OU quarterback standard is way up there, man. It's almost at the, at the summit of Everest. So if you land uh, less, you know, if you don't land on the summit – then uh, Sooner fans are going to be disappointed. Uh, you know he has. You know he is a six and six head coach so far. How many years of it do you need to you need before you believe it? You shouldn't get more than two years in the age of the transfer portal. That comes from the text line. What do you yeah. think? I think that's garbage. It's from the nine seven two. By the way, and look, I I all due respect to whoever texted that in, but I think that's garbage. If we're talking, if we're having a serious conversation about Brent Venables maybe getting less time than John Blake did, what are we even doing? I will say this though to the nine seven two: if they struggle next year and they drop off another six and six, then there's no doubt that Brent's going to be on the hot seat and should be. Yeah, on that the hot seat, seat will start to warm heading. Yeah, into they need three. to win Certainly. like seven or eight games next year, and they need if they can get to eight. Maybe Sooner fans will be pacified by that. Not not the great majority of them, but again. Um, we're just asking you what good came out of this Oklahoma football Well, season. let's talk about it. One listener says culture. Okay. Another says the cheerleaders looked good this year. All right. Uh, we never have to play in Lubbock again. <laughs> uh, recruits know they can play early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't hear we're close. Still on the Brent Venables train. He will get it turned around. I am as well, and I want to make that clear. I am. I think it's way too early, but there's no way – to say that this team wasn't anything but a disappointment. You know, 6-6 six and six at Oklahoma doesn't cut it, particularly when you had uh, so many one-possession games that you couldn't make a play in, and you gave up a play to the other team. So, again, am I willing to give Brent more time? Absolutely, 100%. Yes, and I still like this coaching staff. Jeff Lebby, you know, and sometimes I'm like in the play calls, and when they're still going fast, I believe, you know, the Anton Harrison penalty – they were trying to go fast there, and I realize that's on Anton Harrison. But still, sometimes I think they need to dial it back. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the uh, the game management on the offensive side of the ball in the Oklahoma State game was brutal, I thought. So, uh, once again, I do think that, uh, you know, there, there obviously has to be improvement in a lot of areas next year. All right, we'll keep getting back to your texts. Ladies and gentlemen, we have fancy blinking lights now. That's one thing that's good. There you go. 
Yes, it is the one-year anniversary of Muleshoe. I will say this, man. I don't like that guy. I despise him, but he's coaching his you-know-what off. There is no doubt right now Muleshoe has the last lap, but he won't in the long term. Stay with us here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here in the Brown O'Haver Studios on this Monday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref Radio Network, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our friends at Riverwind Casino, they do it the best. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They have an unbelievable world-class poker room, the best bars and dining Best promotions like the new member seven, new patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in their first 24 hours with a Riverwind wild card. So take part in the new member seven promotion out there. They've got uh, the great food out there, the River Buffet uh, with steak night on Friday, seafood night on Saturday. Big time brunch happens on Sunday. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is big time. We've got a great food court. They are simply the best. My man, Justin. The GM over there does an unbelievable job. Who, a huge Sooner fan, and uh, Riverwind is truly the best. So I want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino, also sponsoring our hotline, the Riverwind Casino hotline, 405-329-9000. All right, let's play this clip from Marvin Mims, then we'll get back to the text line. Marvin Mims, who had a big night, man. How about that catch, man? That's maybe That may be the catch of the year in college football. It's up there, no doubt, right? That was an amazing catch. He straight up bounced it off the defender's back to himself with one hand. Pretty impressive. Pretty Man, impressive. He's, that dude is special. He is that special. That dude is special. Yes. Uh, Marvin Mims was asked after the game, "Do you still feel confident in this culture moving forward?" Oh yeah, definitely. You know, the biggest thing about him is just I don't want to call it culture shock, but um, you know, he brought a lot of things that players have to get adjusted to, especially with Coach Spinney coming back. I mean, there is no, you know. Uh, Tear tottering on the line and stuff like that. I mean, you got to do the ways, the things, the things he wants to do the way you have to do them. And um, basically, the biggest thing is just us getting adjusted to that. You know, the hardest thing is with leadership and stuff like that. I mean, us older guys have gone out there and won games, but as far as through Coach Venables and the things he wants and the ways that he wants things to be done, I mean, it's hard to be leaders through that stuff when we're new to it too. You know, I feel like that was the biggest change this year as far as, you know, in the summer and workouts and stuff, we're all buying into Schmitty and we can all do that. And then we get to the season where game planning is different, uh, hotel situations might be different, how we travel, how, like how we do meetings at the hotel, all that stuff's different. So it just takes adjust, getting adjusted to. Is there times where there, it was just almost too much at one time, you think? Uh, definitely not. I mean, 
honestly, it was pretty rough, you know, yeah. adjusting to it sometimes, you know, with the night practice instead of morning practice and classes in the morning and lift in the morning, then class, then come back and practice. I mean, it's definitely difficult, but, you know, if it was easy, you know, everybody would do it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we went through it. We got adjusted to it. Uh, you know, we just got more years to build on it as far as Chris Venables is going to be here. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we're the first group to go through it. So I feel like there's a lot of learning that goes with the first group. But at the end of the day, I mean, we just got to keep building from here as a program. There you go, Marvin Mims still bought in. We'll see if he's back next year, what's going to happen there. Had, uh, you know, had a good season, not a great season, but again, had some drops in there, but he also had uh, some spectacular Marvin Mims plays as well, particularly that catch Saturday night against the Red Raiders. From the 405, I predict Gabriel transfers to UCLA. DTR is done out there. Gabriel originally committed to them before us. Yes, we remember that. I think Dylan Gabriel's coming back to OU. I just thought that was a uh, kind of a weird way to answer that question. It just, like I said, it's after the game, man. He's frustrated. And, you know, they, they didn't make the plays they needed to win the game again. By the way, you were down there, Parker, for the uh, the Zach Schmidt field goal. What did you see? Uh, do you want my honest opinion? Yes. I thought the kick was missed. Okay. And I, you know, you because you see that picture where it looks like it's gone through, well, it may have hooked back where it might have gone through after. That's what it looked like you know? to me. It looked like it hooked around the pole the wrong way, outside to inside. Everybody who was there shooting the game that I've heard talk about the game said, yeah, they saw it just missed. So I don't think there is some Big 12 conspiracy against Oklahoma. Well, maybe a small conspiracy, but not a big one. All right, 405-651-3439. What do we think? Uh, let's see what we got on the text line. Can Dylan Gabriel enter the portal again? If so, won't he have to sit out the 2023 season? No, he would not have to enter the portal again as long as he has graduated, With which offhand I don't know if he has. But basically you have one graduate transfer and one free transfer. So you can tra- transfer once at any time. Uh, you can transfer again, but only if you've graduated. So ah, there you go. I'm assuming three and a half years into his collegiate career, that Dylan Gabriel has either graduated or is on the verge of graduating, which means that, yes, he would be eligible to transfer again. By the way, uh, you better get in the portal now because you know that Muleshoe and his minions, you know, they, they don't play by the rules. I mean, you think the Gotti family, the Gambino crime family, played by the rules back in the day? No. Now, eventually, the you know, Sammy the Bull put them all in prison. Yes, but in the meantime, until then, they were thriving. And, you know... That guy's not going to play by the rules. So, am I saying break the rules? Absolutely, I am. 100%. When it comes to the portal. I mean, maybe not 100%, but don't you think that uh, there's all kinds of stuff happening, man, with teammates saying, hey, you know, what's going on? You think about coming here? It doesn't have to be a coach because there are low-down, dirty scumbags out there that you're going to have to deal with. One of them is in the Coliseum, all right? And he's on the verge of playing for a freaking playoff. Which is very upsetting. And yes, I'm still in the anger stage. And I'll probably be there until they put me you in the You know, ground. the word is uh, anniversaries bring up they cause they they cause suppressed feelings to well. Well, let's play. At least that's my understanding. Can we play Mule Shoe one year anniversary? Uh, okay, right. I have no idea what to expect. And here, then we're going to get uh, to a bunch more texts. By the way, I promise you. Clearwater Sooner, you're next. Here we go. Mule Shoes, one-year anniversary. Just brutal. I can tell you personally, if I'm looking at a guy. Uh... 
Uh-oh. I don't know. Something how, is happening. I don't know how Duran Duran got in there. Oh, okay. There we go. Let's do it. Without. Okay, we'll give it another shot All here. Right, here we go. I can tell you personally, if I'm looking at a guy um, that's a potential transfer incoming here, and that guy quit on his team midseason, unless there's a extenuating circumstance, I, I'm gonna have a hard time taking him. <laughs> uh, I think you suck. <laughs> Steely, is your microphone working? I think I, t- I thought I was turning it uh, turning it on. I was turning it off. Old man senility problems right there. And uh, and yeah. that was that was a rocky sixty seconds yeah. of radio. But uh, well, we got Duran Duran. It happens. Uh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't execute, man. No, we didn't execution execute. was lacking. That severely. was that was an OU that is, game on the line. That is Oklahoma's twenty twenty two season in a nutshell. That was it right there. That was our Texas Tech game. That was it right there. Here's the bottom line, though. As sad as that is, and yes, that guy I still think is lying scum. But guess what? The dude has done an unbelievable coaching job. I mean, you could say, well, he got Caleb Williams and he got Jordan. Yes, he did. That's part of it. And I don't know how their defense is doing it. First of all, I don't think Notre Dame's that good watching them play offense. I mean, the tight end is big time, but... And, again, when you have the the best quarterback, and it looks like he is in college football, unless he lays a big-time egg against Utah in this game coming up, he's going to win it. And guess what? Voting's underway today. There are a lot of fools out there who will start voting today, which is really stupid, by the way, if you have a Heisman vote, to vote today. Why would you? I mean, come on. You've still got another game left. But um, the guy, he's done an unbelievable job out there. And I said, look, he's going to win games out there. There's no doubt he's going to win a lot of games out there. But Parker, I mean, he's how can you not give that guy anything but at least like an A- minus this year, right? Yeah, well, two things I will say about Muleshoe. Two nice things I will say about him. He has done a fantastic job in year one at USC, and he is an outstanding representative of his alma mater. Texas Tech, yes, I told you they were scum, no doubt. By the way, I, I tell you one thing about Muleshoe. One thing about Muleshoe is he is a very bright individual. He's a smart guy, man. He's a smart guy. And uh, like I said, we'll see what happens. You know, they've got another year with Caleb, right? And then it's on to Malachi Nelson after that. So you, you can bet, you know, I know he was handed a couple quarterbacks at Oklahoma, but guess what? That reputation as the quarterback whisperer isn't going away. It's only getting stronger. Uh, Jim in Arlington says, one of your two starting quarterbacks from last year just took down two top ten teams in back-to-back weeks. Then the other is on the verge of winning a Heisman and making the playoffs with your ex. Mm-hmm. After today's sixth loss, well, Saturday's sixth loss, the knife your ex-coach stuck in your back was twisted even more. The pain and hurt you thought was disappearing shows its ugly head even a year later. Some dramatic literature from yeah, Jim and Arlington. Good stuff, Jim. All right, we'll break right here. Yeah, how about Spencer Rattler, man? Dominating, had a great day, six touchdown passes against Tennessee, and then they went into to Clemson uh, last Saturday, and he had two picks, but he threw for two TDs, and he completely outplayed DJ, who was horrible. What was DJ? Eight of... 8 22, of 29. 8 of 29 yeah. for less than 100 yards. 
you talk about a five star that has been maybe the one of the all time biggest di- disappointment five stars. It's uh, it's Jeremy him. Calhoun. Well, at OU, Jeremy Calhoun is up there. Yes, no doubt. But DJ, man, that is that's not good. All right, we got a break. We come back. We've got one more segment to go. We'll keep the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line humming. Jalen Hurts, man, ten and one for the Eagles. <laughs> Incredible. Baker, Sam Darnold, of course, led Carolina to a win. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals lost to the Chargers. It's only a matter of time before Cliff gets the axe out there, it looks like. Stay with us here on The Ref. We are back, and that's a great song. Edgar Winter, is he the greatest albino in rock and roll history? I mean, who else is in that conversation? I don't know. How many, um, how many rock albinos are there? Johnny Winter, I guess. I don't know. Great album cover, great song. I love it. Good stuff. All right, welcome back, everybody. I want to thank Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. You guys are blowing it up on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. Thank you. You guys are awesome. The Ref Army is strong, man. It's the greatest army in radio. I mean, it's it's very strong. No doubt about it. All right. uh, So, again, let's uh, get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I want to ask you this, though, first, Parker. Luke Fickle got the job at Wisconsin. Yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere. Who was the interim coach at Wisconsin considered to be one of the brightest young offensive or defensive minds in college football? Well, he's a man who just so happens to be best friends with Jay Valai. Jim Leonard. Right? That is correct. And do uh, you think he wants to hang around Wisconsin? I think Luke Fickle will bring his own people, right? I uh, think I he mean, will bring his own people. Yes. And I think it, even if – even if he wanted to retain Jim Leonard, if you're Jim Leonard, man, how do you feel about getting strung along by Wisconsin for this yeah, long? Yeah, that's right. So, um, is there any chance that Jim Leonard might want to come to Oklahoma? I mean, I think there's a chance he would want to, yes. Now, Brent's uh, the defensive guy, though, you know. I don't think Brent's a total ego guy, but, you know, he's he's the defensive guy, right? I mean, Ted Roof is the is part of it, but Jim Leonard's pretty good. I don't know, that's maybe wishful thinking here. If uh I don't know. Is that total fantasy land? I don't think it's total fantasy land, and I think OU fans would be pretty juiced about that. Here's my belief. Brent should be calling his own defense. 
to me, it makes no sense to have the best defensive mind in college football being a CEO as a head coach. Can you do that as the head coach? I mean, well, it it's sure difficult? it's sure working for Muleshoe now, isn't it? Yeah, on offense, no doubt. And he was always the guy doing that. I don't know. I don't know. Again, like for a typical head coach, I don't think that matters a whole heck of a lot. But Brent Venables is not a typical head coach, right? Brent Venables has been the premier defensive coordinator in college football for the last decade. I don't feel like it makes sense to have that guy, that defensive savant, with a headset on just managing everything. If Brent Venables is on your sideline, I think he should be calling the place. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, for Brusson, Atlanta, little-known fact, Edgar Winter was the only Alpino from the waist up. Okay, I'll take your word for it, Russ. Thank you very much. Al- only Albino from the waist up. That's very, just a very odd trivia to know. Uh, uh, Russ in Atlanta says, who in the name of God is Jim Leonard? Well, he spelled his name correctly, he did. so I think Russ must know who he, he must is. Have go- he must have Googled him or something. Yeah, he did spell it right. Jim Leonard uh, played in the NFL for a while. He did. Young defensive uh, uh, coordinator there, became the interim coach. Uh and uh, this season, and they just obviously Wisconsin hired Luke Fickle. So we'll see. Uh, Shane in Newcastle says, when I was 16, a middle-aged tech fan sucker punched me for no reason after a game. My dad whooped his derriere. There you go. At some point, everybody's got to get their derriere kicked, including the Oklahoma football program this season, right? Yeah, the tech fans are the worst. I'm not making that up. Maybe – Am I embellishing? Maybe a little bit, maybe, but I I feel confident in saying they're low down dirty scum. Period. Patrick says, Did you see where Matt Rule just hired the South Carolina offensive coordinator? The South Carolina offensive coordinator. That would be oh gosh, who? Uh not uh not Sat is it Satterfield? I think that's right. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, Nebraska is close to hiring South Carolina offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield. There you go. Uh, close friends with Matt Rule. So, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. Nice hire for Nebraska. I'd, I'm going to have to see Nebraska turn things around to believe that it can't happen. And th- this is why this is such a dumb comparison. People have been asking ever since the game ended on Saturday. This whole conversation has come up again. Is OU the next Nebraska? No, OU is not the next Nebraska. You know what the difference between OU and Nebraska is? Trust me, if Nebraska were 6-6 six and six right now, there would be revelry and rejoicing. At Oklahoma, nobody knows how to handle 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. They're like, we're not used to having a bad football team. Nebraska hasn't made a bowl game since the Obama administration. So, we've still got a long way to go. Before we're having that conversation, yeah, it's a long time ago, no doubt about it. Uh, Russ says he got a twenty-seven on his ACT. Very good. We got ourselves a brainiac here on the text line. Very impressive. 
Okay, do we have time for uh, one more, or do we have to get out of here? I think we'll just come back to it yeah. on the other side of the break. Let's do that. All right, Jesse Crittenden coming up also in our second uh, hour at 135, breaking down the Sooner season for us. You guys and you ladies, you're doing a great job in the text line. Thanks to Last Year Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune. Let's talk a little more college football. We'll get into recruiting as well when we get back. Right here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Six and six? Are you kidding me? Come on. That's not going to cut it at Oklahoma. It's not going to cut it. I'm still in with Brent. I'm still in with this coaching staff. But, man, so many games that Oklahoma could have put in the win column. And I firmly believe, Parker Thune, they should have won in Morgantown. And they absolutely should have won in freaking Lubbock also. Alec Baldwin, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, A, always, B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. First prize, a brand-new Cadillac Eldorado. Anybody want to see second prize? Second prize is at a steak knives. So the Sooners get the steak knives again because they couldn't close the deal. You want the Cadillac Eldorado. You don't want the steak knives. All right, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. That's 405-651-3439. Seth Wadley Auto Group, shout out for sponsoring our second hour, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Car, truck, SUV, looking for a pre-owned vehicle? You'll find a great selection there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley, America. And a big-time guarantee that gives you a lot of confidence. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, uh, Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino hotline today. Uh, what do you have for me, Parker? You're looking at your phone. You want to read some of the mentions to my yes. tweets regarding okay. the battery situation? Let's set up again for those who are just joining us. Parker was, was nearly killed in Lubbock over oh, the weekend please. by a, a, a stray battery. Uh, there was definitely, he was in harm's way, and he tweeted about it, you know, just kind of in joking fashion, and the low-down, dirty, scumbag tech people who are the worst on the planet. Well, LSU's the worst. Tech's right behind LSU, or right just ahead of LSU on the scum scale. I mean, just horrible, horrible, horrible humans, the tech people. 
So you tweet out what's kind of a somewhat serious but kind of a joking little tweet for fun. Yeah. I, and you got absolutely the tech scumbag army has been on you ever since, right? Yes, they have. All over me. whole bunch of people with little cactus emojis in their Twitter names. Uh, so here are some of the replies to my tweets. Uh it says journalist in your Twitter bio, and you didn't take a picture or even mention anything to the stadium security. And that guy didn't mention his own name, I'm sure. What is what is his uh, tag? Uh, his Twitter name is Picks or It Didn't Happen. Shocking. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's in reference to my tweet, but that's... <laughs> Maybe that's a bot account. Who knows? Uh, if you were telling the truth, I don't think you'd be this defensive about it. Defensive about what? Like, how? I tweeted one thing. Uh, another listener tweeted, I live in your mentions now. It's warm and it's cozy. So clearly I'm never going to shake this, people. That's frightening. Uh, another said, hey, Parker, let me help you start the process of verifying your claim. At Texas Tech BD, Parker says he had a battery thrown at him in the Jones. If true, I'm sure he'd like to file a police report. I'm not trying to prosecute anyone. I don't care. Yeah. I just had a battery thrown at me, and I thought that's just the type of thing that happens in Lubbock at Jones AT&T Stadium. Another said, we have cameras all over the stadium. I'm also part of the law school's NCAA governing board. If you can tell me when this happened and where you were seated slash standing, then I can have the school look into it and try to find the footage. What a loser. Again, I mean, it's a joke, people, somewhat. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. It's just so ridiculous. Another said, yeah, the battery throwing claim has happened for 30 plus years. Too many people have phones that could have taken a photo of said battery when it landed. Stop trying to make something happen that didn't. Another says, for a journalist, you did a terrible job documenting this attempted assault. You want to see the worst in humanity? Look in Twitter mentions. That's all you have to do. There are some, number one, there's some scary people out there. There are definitely way too many people with too much time on their hands. Way. And like I said, how many of these people had their real name on their response? Zero? Close to zero. Because you can be a big badass without having your name on the account, right? You know? And uh, they also, what they will do is they will... What is the heck? What is, what the heck is going on, Steely? I don't know. It looked like some. It's. I've got my iPhone plugged in here to this computer, and all of a sudden, uh, Apple. It's removing like stuff from my iPhone. Is what it said. It was like what? I was trying to charge it, and I didn't have a charger. Somebody said somebody with the with the egg emoji as their profile picture said. I sat behind and heard Parker hurling racist remarks at the tech players and parents the entire first mm, quarter. Yeah, you're, you're that guy, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Sometimes if you want to get disappointed with the world, and look, I like Twitter too. A, a lot of it's fun. A lot of it, you know, uh, there's some good accounts out there, and most of this stuff is pretty good. But sometimes you can look at Twitter comments and just have no optimistic hope for humanity. It's like George Carlin said, we're circling the drain right now. Uh, somebody said, libel and defamation are serious. You better shut up, take the L, and head to the SEC. And that's from? So it's some person with three cactus emojis in their Twitter name. Ah, okay, there you go. Well, libel and defamation, Steely. Yeah. I, I'm going to just... Uh, 
I'm going to just let that one slide because I would hope I, I would hope the average citizen I, I can't really hope this for tech fans because, you know, they're tech fans. But I would hope that the average citizen realizes that there has to be an actual target for libel and defamation. There has to be an individual or an entity. Me saying I had a battery whiz by my head does not qualify as defamation of the entire Texas Tech fan base, does it? feel like that would be a pretty stretched case to make in a court of law. And again... I could give a crap about a court of law. I just tweeted something. I'm not trying to prosecute anybody. Yeah, it'll die down. It will die down. All right, you want to get to the uh, air coverage solutions text line? Yeah, one listener says, want to see the worst in humanity? Go to Lubbock, Stillwater, and Pasadena. Yeah, I, Stillwater's not bad. I don't mind Stillwater. I don't. Man, what a bad day. You're talking about a bad weather situation. Woo. Jay from Medill says, Parker, tell us you're sicking the KREF and OU Twitter army on tech fans without telling us you're sicking us on. I Listen, I don't want I, – I, I didn't ask for a Twitter war. This is the other thing, too. Like, I didn't ask for any of this. It wasn't like I tweeted that and was like, all right, let's fight these Texas tech fans. I had no idea that anybody was going to blink twice at my tweet. Because, again – I just thought the battery throwing mm-hmm. was part of what goes on at Jones AT&T Stadium. I didn't realize that all these tech fans think it's a massive conspiracy propagated by like five different fan bases and designed to make them look bad. That was your first trip to Lubbock, right? It was. And I told you, what did I tell you when you first started? The, the tech fans are the worst. They are low-down, dirty, scumbag human beings. Maybe there's like two percent of them that are regular people. The rest are just like like I said, they're they're just scum. They are. Period. And you're exactly right, Steely. What were they chanting when Dylan Gabriel went down? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, and they were chanting, "He's a correct." And no one. P word starts with a P, ends with a Y. Yeah, no one in my mentions has even attempted to dispute that. So, uh, anyway. All right. Uh, any updates on recruiting? Did I see G- DJ Hicks with a pick at the A&M game? Uh, yes, DJ Hicks was at the A&M game. And the freaking A&M won the game. Now, it's still, again, they're 4-8, and eight, but Brian Kelly. I mean, how do you lose that game? Come on, man. Uh, we had another listener ask, is Peyton Bowen just stringing this out until signing day now? Yeah, that's kind of my expectation. Especially if Geyer goes to the state championship game in the state of Texas, their season's not going to end. Are they like, in the semis now? Is that their next matchup? Uh, I think so. I think yeah, it's, I think it's the semis. So especially if they're playing for a state championship, their season's not going to end till like two weeks before national signing day. So I would figure that if it doesn't wait until the actual day, it will not. It it will at least not be until the conclusion of Geyer's season. Yeah. So. That's the one everybody's kind of waiting on. All right. Uh, any update? Is Oklahoma reached out to Micah Tease in the wake of the Anthony Evans situation? What are What's going on there? Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, that's the thing. I and look, I I feel like we've talked about this for months and months and months and months with regard to Micah Tease in Oklahoma. If there ever came a circumstance where OU was actively recruiting him at wide receiver. He, I, I always believed he would be a Sooner. I still believe that as of right now. I think Micah Tease ends up in this class for Oklahoma. Because he's always wanted to be a Sooner. 
But when the new staff got to town, they wanted him a defensive back. He didn't want to play defensive back. That was where the falling out happened. He committed to Arkansas. He's been in touch with the OU staff. He's been on several visits to Oklahoma since his commitment to Arkansas. And so, yes, I think at the end of the day, by the time ink is dry on paper come National Signing Day, in either December or February, Micah Tease is a member of this class. There you go. All right, uh, from the 5-1-2, Texas is in the quarterfinals uh, stage of high school football right now. Did you guys see Matt Leinert's karma comment on Twitter? Hmm. Did you see it? I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, he's. He, it was something to the effect of, oh, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams are 11-1, and one, and Caleb's about to win the Heisman. Meanwhile, Oklahoma's 6-6. Six and six. Karma. Yeah, karma for what? Because the OU fans got mad. At Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, and so anyway. we had a listener. Say, uh, it's fair game, I guess. We had a listener say, "If Tech fans ever had an intelligent thought, it died alone and afraid." <laughs> but the nine one eight said Lubbock was not terrible. The fans I said by were great. Lots of friendly jabs being thrown. Of course, it was much better when we were winning. Yeah, I'm sure there are actually a few normal humans in the crowd there in Lubbock, but for the most part, like I said, they're bad people. Mike in Springfield says, maybe I missed it. What's the latest on Anthony Evans? Georgia, well, Mike, Georgia. hate to break it to you, Mike, but uh, Anthony Evans flipped to Georgia. Sweet song. Anthony Evans is no longer a Sooner. Georgia. Anthony Evans mind. is now a Georgia Bulldog. Yes. Leaving on a midnight train to Georgia. Woo woo. Uh, if Brent would have raided Clemson, we might be in the playoffs as well. That's yeah. look like that's that's definitely like there's some truth to that. That's within the realm of possibility. Well, but- the good guys don't always win, and Brent, the story is yet to be told. I mean, we're in the first chapter. It, it wasn't a very good chapter, but I believe there are better chapters ahead. You know, it's like the movie where the guy overcomes stuff finally, but the bad guys like Mule Shoe, guess what? They can win too. And uh, as much as I despise that scumbag, he is. Coaching his derriere off right now. And you can talk about how they did it, but that was a team that was, what, 4-8 and eight a year ago? Parker, I believe, 4-8? 4-8. and, eight. Four and eight. And, yes, he went to the portal, and, yes, he got, you know, the guy that looks like he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner to follow him from OU out to L.A. But you got Travis Dye, and I know he's hurting out for the year, and you got Jordan Addison, the bulletin. Yes, but guess what? That's You can play that game now. He's playing the portal microwave game and then this microwave meal they're cooking at usc is looking pretty good right now this this meal at oklahoma is a it's uh it's got like some liver and onions in it you know not good so far all right break time right here 405-651-3439 air comfort solutions tax line some of you guys may like liver and onions i don't know but as a kid i hated them didn't get served that much but when i did it was like Try and hide this, and I don't want to eat it. Stay with us.
We are back. Feel like you got your teeth knocked out this season, ladies and gentlemen, watching Sooner football. Well, I've got the dentist you need to call. Dr. Tim Brooks in Edmond on North May Avenue, 405-369-5212. TimJBrooksDDS.com. Big-time sports fan. They do a great job up there. It's a relaxing, comfortable, state-of-the-art environment. And uh, there's a reason why I still drive an hour to go see uh, my dentist early in the morning because he's the best. Dr. Tim Brooks, book an appointment, 405-369-5212, or check them out online, timjbrooksdds.com. Parker nearly had his teeth knocked out in Lubbock over the weekend with flying batteries going around Jones AT&T Stadium, or at least one. So... uh, you know, but he survived. He survived what was a very dangerous situation. All you guys were in the line of fire. You, Hoover, Eddie, Dylan Buckingham, everybody down there shooting the game. But you survived. You're survivors. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. We There's have- never been a battery thrown at Jones AT&T Stadium. According to the tech fans, but again, they're scum. According to Tech Twitter, there's never been a battery thrown there. Uh, By the way, we had a text last week. Somebody said this, and I think it was to uh, at the end of uh, the Plank Show, and I read it too because there was one guy, because I had somebody else kind of say the same thing to me. I think we hired a preacher rather than a football coach. Now, I don't agree with that, but – Look, Brent is very much into every detail, you know, traveling in suits and the way they go about every little detail. And uh, he is concerned about more than just, uh, you know, them playing football in Oklahoma and moving on. He's concerned about developing strong young men. That's very admirable. I like that. I like that a lot. But you will not be able to do that unless you win enough games to stay employed. So, again... Somebody uh, said, you know, it all looks good, but once you get on the field, it doesn't look good. And I wish, he said, I wish, quote, Brent would spend more time. I'm like, yeah, I don't think Brent's over there, you know, tying ties for those guys, you know, during the week. I think he's putting together a game plan and going to media avails and doing all the things a head coach does. I don't think he's tailoring suits over there. But there are some people that kind of feel like, yeah, this all sounds great. But you know what? The product hasn't been great. First year. Certainly, I didn't expect 6-6, six and six, but I do think it's going to get better. And uh, people want to see Brent Vittables can succeed because he's a good dude. And uh, you can tell how excited he was, and I think still is, about being the head coach at Oklahoma. What do you think about that, Parker? Is that all totally far-fetched? Brent's spending too much time on every detail. You need to worry about football. I think as I look at this season, Steely, and I, I'm going to say this, and people are going to think, people are going to hear me trying to sugarcoat the six and six, and I'm not going to try to sugarcoat the six and six because six and six is six and six. But look at last year, Steely. OU was seven and zero in one possession games. This year they were zero and four. What are we talking? What are we? What have we been talking about since midseason with this football team? The difference between 2021 and 2022 is not that substantial. It's just that in 2021, you had a handful of elite players that would go make plays to win games when it mattered. You don't have any of these guys this year. 
this is all going to come out in the wash. And there will be regression towards the mean for the well, – I, I think of it more as progression towards the mean, right? Because you're not going to go 0-4 in one possession games every single season. Just like you're not going to go 7-0 and in one position games, possession games every single season. So things are going to get better. Things are going to turn a corner for Oklahoma as soon as 2023. I fully believe that simply because these close losses – are going to turn into close wins as you develop the skill of winning. And winning is a skill, especially when you get into close games down the stretch. Yeah, but they're also going to lose Eric Gray. Uh, Braden Willis isn't coming back. There's a chance Marvin Mims isn't coming back. So, again, uh, I understand some people are uh, not totally optimistic out there right now, but we'll see. Uh, I will say this. I think that Brent Venables is a guy that believes in what he does. I don't think he's going to fluctuate and say, guess what? Oh, we got to bring this guy in or that guy in as a new coach and change something up here. Now, the way they go about their business, game management, all of that stuff, I'm sure they will look at every single thing they've done and try and tweak it here or there. But in terms of Brent not believing in his own system, that's not going to happen. He's going to sink with the ship. Uh, if the ship's taken on water. And look, it might be s- smooth sailing. It could be smooth sailing down the road. But I don't think that he's going to abandon what he believes in. He's just not that kind of guy, period. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Let's go back to the text line. Brent has seen that scheme played out several times, and it ended with a national championship. Give the man time. Absolutely. I agree with that. Bruce says, do you see any improvement on offense or defense? That's the concern. What do you see? I do think they play better defense, but the problem is when the game's on the line at winning time, they fell apart, you know? Um, they, they were like this very fragile team that did, you know, because at times you looked at that game and like, man, <laughs> they look pretty good, man. They're on fire. And then once the game got to crunch time, winning time, Again, they were like a house of cards that just collapsed, it seemed like, every time. This listener says, I trust in Coach Venables and the process. Another says, I've seen Braden Willis cost us with dropped passes, fumbles, false starts that have hurt the team. Just because a guy can work out good doesn't mean he's a great player. What? I Man, I thought that text was going to go a different direction. I mean, he I did thought there was going to be, but he you know, that's some just, footballs. Uh, I thought that that text was going to close out by saying just further evidence that everything has gone wrong at times for Oklahoma in 2022, which it has. Yeah, he's but tried to the fumble in Oklahoma State, and recently, you know, then the uh, the fake field goal. But he's also made some big plays. I mean, I look, like Braden Willis. You're, Willis, you're going to miss that guy a lot. He's a leader and he's a good player. Saturday night, Woody Washington jumped off sides on a third and seven. A, a, a cornerback, Billy Bowman, got toasted for a touchdown. Billy even, Bowman's had a really good year, but he did not have a good Saturday in Lubbock. Man, even this team's best and most consistent players are not immune from making stupid mistakes at times. There's perhaps no more stupider mistake that occurred on Saturday night than Woody Washington jumping off sides on a third and seven, which yeah. turned into a third and two, which Texas Tech then converted mm-hmm. in route to a game-tying scoring drive. I have never seen a team, an Oklahoma team, look, going back to the Blake era, um, you know, maybe I'm forgetting. Look, that team just – they weren't as talented as this roster. Not that they weren't – you know, remember, Bob Stoops won that national championship with a lot of John Blake's players and a lot of the players he brought in as well were huge. But I've never seen a team that when winning time was on the line made so many critical mistakes as this Oklahoma team. 
You know, it's just like, okay, here we go. Make a play. You know, make one play. Oh, no, you jumped off sides. Oh, no, you know. Uh, no, the quarterback scrambles for another first down. And, you uh, you know, you gave up container, lost, you know, the edge, or you took a bad angle or something. It just it just, uh, it completely frustrated Oklahoma fans most of the year. And like I said, I thought this team's bottom floor was going to be 8-4, and four, and they absolutely should have been 8-4. and four. That was a horrible West Virginia team they should have beaten, and they should have closed out Tech Saturday night. But they didn't. Some of the calls and time management have nothing to do with buying in and culture. It's been absolutely terrible, guys. I'm optimistic, but it's very hard. That comes from a yep. listener in the 918. True. Yeah, look, there have been a lot of first-year coach mistakes and first-year staff mistakes, and those are going to get better. Those will be corrected. Uh, listener says Billy Bowman looked lost the whole game Saturday night. Another says Bowman had his worst game of the year along with Deshaun White. Many missed tackles by just those two. You're going to have it. Theirs was just at the wrong time. Steely, not true. Stoops had Roy Williams, Calmus, Trent Smith, Heupel, et cetera. They had talent. They did have some talent on John Blake recruited pretty well. But they, uh, you know, they you talk about they were disorganized as time as, at times as well. And, yes, there's no doubt. I mean, obviously, uh, Stoops uh, brought in Heupel um, from uh, Snow Junior College, right? So that's a Bob Stoops guy. But I'm just saying that, uh, you know, people just assume, well, this Oklahoma roster is just not t- very talented. It's, it's not like they're devoid of talent. They've got some talent on that team. Uh, the problem was this team never played complimentary football just when the offense got going. The defense would give up big plays. And uh, what have we seen again in the uh, Oklahoma State game? You know, explosion of offense in the first quarter. You know, and then the defense saves the day when the offense goes stagnant for the next three quarters. So it's just been, it's been that kind of a year. All right, uh, we should probably take a break right here. Parker. Let's end on a positive okay, note before do we it. do. Hey, Parker and Steely, I just wanted to thank you both for this season. Even though we've had our ups and downs, you guys have always been there. I'm excited to finish this year with a bowl win and look forward to getting back on track for the 23 season. Boomer. I tell you one thing, OU football ain't going nowhere, man. We're gonna win another national title. Soon, man, I guarantee, well, maybe in 10 years, something like that. Who knows? You never know. Uh, the other question is, Brent Vittables, super nice guy, I, you know, great coordinator. Is he going to be a good head coach? And in this day and age of transactional football, and Brent wants those relationships, I get that. I like that style better. But in this day and age of uh, snake oil salesmen in college football like Muleshoe, can a good guy finish first? I think he can, but it still remains to be seen. All right, let's break right here. 405-651-3439. I mean, look, I know that's a little bit of a stretch. But seriously, it's a different day and age in college football. Players want theirs. They want to play now. If you can find those guys and build a good roster, that's awesome. But, man, they may be harder to find. Stay with us.
Okay, here we go. Welcome back. We are uh, going into our uh, last half hour. Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. From the DMs, Theo East just put up on his Snapchat private story that he's leaving. Yeah, and it was reported by Mike Roach at 24-7 Sports about five minutes ago. And I, I, I just want everybody to know this was not out of nowhere. This was kind of expected behind the scenes. Uh, if you paid attention to Weiss's usage this year, obviously he kind of took a backseat to Marvin Mims and Jalil Farouk, and this was a guy that had already entered the transfer portal once, mm-hmm. right, last offseason, yep. and the Sooner staff convinced him to come back, uh, run it back. He had a lot of respect for Jeff Lebby, and he actually said he initially intended to go play for Lebby at Ole Miss when he entered the transfer portal the first time around, but Man, it's just been a frustrating career in Crimson and Cream for Theo Weiss. A lot of inconsistency. The production has vacillated. And so he's one of those guys where it just it makes a lot of sense for him to pursue a change of scenery. And so that's what's happening for Weiss. There you go. All right, do we have Jesse Crittenden ready to go? I do not have okay. him ready to go. Let me get him on the phone real Jesse, quick. Jesse, we are calling. Uh, this Wee stuff uh, broke uh, within the last 10, 12 minutes, so we were – Checking up on that and everything. So, Jesse Critton, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, will join us here in a minute. Riverwind Casino, uh, finish out November in style with some great promotions over at Riverwind. Uh, don't forget, it's always there for you. The new member seven, new patrons who sign up for a wild card at Riverwind Casino, and that's going to do a lot for you, that wild card. Let me tell you, you can earn up to $450 in the first 24 hours you have your Wild card. Riverwind features over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games as well. They're there, right there at Riverwind Casino. Great poker room, best bars and dining. Coop Ale House Bar right there in the middle of the uh, casino floor is unbelievable. River Buffet is world-class. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. They've got a great food court. Riverwind Casino, also the sponsor of our hotline right now where we find Norman Transcript Sports Editor uh, Jesse Crittenden. Right now. And we also find Rick Springfield introducing Jesse as he always does for us. Jesse, the uh, breaking news. Theo Weiss entering the uh, transfer portal. And it's that time of the year now after the regular season. Uh, you know, you're going to see uh, players coming and going. And um, any any surprise to you with Theo Weiss hitting the portal? No, not not really. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, had a decent start to the year. I, I think he had 15 catches, uh, I think, in the first six games of the season. But uh, not only his involvement in the offense, but his, I mean, his his snaps overall just went uh, down as the season went on. Uh, obviously had the big game last night, but or uh, Saturday night, but coming into the Texas Tech game, he had one catch in the four games before Texas Tech. So, uh, you know, obviously he he almost I mean he entered the transfer portal after Lincoln or after Lincoln Riley left and then came back. So I mean ultimately I think for a lot of reasons, uh, primarily his lack of involvement in the offense the second half of the season makes it for the most part part pretty unsurprising that he's entering the portal. Now Jesse, obviously Lubbock on Saturday night did not provide an outlet for the Sooners to close out the 2022 regular season the way that they would have hoped and was really a very frustrating cap on what has been a frustrating season in the Crimson and Cream. The question I have for you is, because it's a question that we've been asked all day, so I'm going to flip it around and put it on you uh, to come up with the response, but 
What have you seen from this team this season? What does this team have going for it right now that can give you legit optimism as you look toward 2023? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the Texas Tech game, in a lot of ways, was kind of the epitome of the OU season. Um, in a lot of ways, I mean, they, they held a lead in the second quarter. I thought until the last four minutes of the second quarter, they thoroughly outplayed Texas Tech. And then Texas Tech's able to, to get that game to, you know, one point by halftime because of self-inflicted errors and, and kind of a lack of discipline. And then, you know, they, they just didn't make the plays down the stretch in the second half and, and overtime that they needed to win that game. But it was a very winnable game. Um, I think you could see, I mean, more talent on the OU sideline, but sometimes that doesn't really matter. And I think, I think the the thing that defines this season more than anything is, I mean, I, I think it is frustrating. I, I think it's disappointing, um, especially it, it's almost a cause for optimism and concern at the same time. That I mean, you look at these, you know, four of their conference losses coming by, I mean, single digits uh, in games that they they could have won. All of those games had control at one point or outplayed them at one point and, and just couldn't get it done. So I, I think, I mean, if, if you want to zoom out for a second and look at, I mean, there's a lot of things they need to fix on both sides of the ball, but I think in some ways the six and six regular season record is a little misleading. Um, but I think in, in, in other ways it's, it's indicative of a team that couldn't find ways to win. And that is a skill in college football. It's a skill to learn how to win games. So I think if you want to look at it optimistically, you can say, uh, you know, give Brent Venables and the coaching staff an off season to 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 further integrate the integrate the guys that are going to stay on board, integrate them into the system, uh, get them another year of maturity, another year of experience, and, and maybe some of these close games they lost, uh, you know, they can find ways to win. But that's ultimately the margin in college football. It's just a few plays here and there that can make the difference between a nine and three or ten and two season and a six and six season. So. Uh, obviously some concerns, things they need to fix uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, culturally, all those things. But, I mean, make a few plays in, in a few of these games, and, you know, we're talking about a very different season. So I think I think that's one optimistic way you can look at a season that's been pretty disappointing. Jesse Crittenden, our guest, uh, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, and, and, and I'm a Brent believer. I want to see him succeed, and I think eventually he's going to get it turned around. But 6-6, six and six, some of the natives are restless right now. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hot is that seat on Brent next year? I, I, I honestly don't. I, I don't know if it's very hot, at, at least right now. But it does because of the way this season played out. And again, everything I just said about you know you make a play here and there, maybe the season's different. The the thing is, they didn't. And six and six is a pretty tough season. It's uh, for a lot of reasons, and it's it's even disappointing considering all the chaos in the off season. So coming into next season, I, I don't know how hot the seat is, but I mean, I think there is going to be pressure for OU to objectively have a better season, not only uh, to have a better product on the field, but a better a better number in the win column. I mean, there's there's just not a whole lot of time to get this thing turned around, and that's not really Brent Venable's fault. But, I mean, the SEC move is coming. And, you, I mean, and you can look at this season and say that, I mean, again, that, that it could have turned out differently, but it didn't. And, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that this team needs to be better next season. 
Um, and so I think I, – I don't know if it's about the seat being hot, but, I mean, I think there is going to be pressure – uh, not only for for him and this coaching staff, but just for the program as a whole to to, to be better. There's just a lot of pressure on this program uh, moving forward. I mean, the, the the reality is the team they can't afford another season next year like this one with the SEC move. Uh, really, I mean, really coming at them head on. So um, don't know about hot, but I mean, six and six. You can't afford another six and six or seven five season next year i think there is going to be pressure for this team to be a lot better right away priorities in the portal need to be what jesse oh man uh there's a (laughs) there's a lot of answers to that question but i think um primarily i mean you're going to have to look at uh at least the defensive line um is the first thing i think of and that was a that was a position group not only are you you maybe going to lose a guy or two but it's, that's just a, a position group that I think has, you know, struggled to, to be successful um, during conference play. I mean, and you can look at the defense as a whole. You know, I think the, I think the linebacker room is, is a room that's going to really need some depth. Um, but I mean, that defensive line, and you know, we'll, we'll see with the, the skill positions on offense. Uh, you know, depending on you know, you know what I mean, Drake Stoops and. Uh, Theo Weiss, Marvin Mims, uh, what the, what those guys do. I mean, what what does Eric Gray do at running back? Maybe maybe Javante Barnes uh, is a guy that is, that is able to step up in a big way next year. But I mean, I, I think the reality is they're going to need some help at a variety of in a variety of areas. But I think that defensive line is a is a place they really need to look first. All right, Jesse, we appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate you guys having me on. Okay. Theo Weiss in uh, the portal, and uh, somebody was just texting. They think he's going to go play for Muleshoe. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I will say this. Um, Had a conversation yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, with somebody whom I trust uh, that kind of advised me on the whole Weiss situation and that he, he was probably entering the portal pretty expediently, and USC was the program that was cited as the most likely destination. So I wouldn't for all those me. For all those that have already said, we will cheer for you wherever you go to Theo Weiss. Just remember you said that because yeah, there you go. I'm just telling you now, there's a decent chance that he ends up a Trojan. All right, we're going to break right here, and uh, when we get back, we'll have time for a few more texts as well, 405 651 3439. That is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. We're going to get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas at the top of the hour. Stay with us here on The Ref.
Here we are wrapping it up on a Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, The Weeknd. That's a good song. I like The Weeknd. You like The Weeknd? The actual Weeknd or The Artist? The Artist. Okay. I I mean, everybody loves The Weeknd. Yeah, I was about to say. You're not going to say, I hate The Weeknd. He had a memorable Super Bowl halftime Mm -hmm. show, mostly because my Bucks won that Super Bowl. So I'll always remember him for that. But. I like uh, I like his music. Good stuff. All right, 405-651-3439. The, uh, again, uh, the news today, Theo Weiss entering the transfer portal, and uh, we we think he's going to play for freaking Muleshoe, of course. Not, we just know he's in the portal now, but uh, the prevailing thought is he'll be fighting on. Utah can't do it twice, can they? I mean, they could. They could. But. Yeah, you don't feel optimistic Wouldn't about you it. rather have had Oregon there? I mean, Oregon gave up a 31-10 to 10 lead, right, against Oregon State. Oh, my gosh. So bad. Now you've got, you know, beating uh, beating SC twice. That just goes to show you how bad the Pac-12 is, though. Mm-hmm. That one team has a clear path to the Pac-12 title game, and they lose out because they blow a 21-point lead to Oregon freaking State. I don't know. Yeah. Do, 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 do. We just talked about that 405. You got to, hello, listen. That f- listener asked, why didn't Weiss go last year then? Well, because he was frustrated with his usage at OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd coming off an injury played campaign where he suffered that foot injury that kept him out for all but one game. And he wanted to change of scenery. He wanted to play for Jeff Levy. Yep, that's the key. He was looking key. at Ole Miss, entered the transfer portal. Guess what? Jeff Levy ends up at Oklahoma. I'm just and messing with by, you, by, by the way, by 405. The way. We know you can't listen all two hours. Hopefully you can, but, you know. Kendall says in Theo's defense he is a Cali kid. Is that true? He played high school football at Allen. I think he's a Texas kid. Yeah, right? that's if he's a if he's a Cali kid, that's news to me. Maybe he was born there or something. I'll go ahead and Google it up. Uh, Joe from Norman says, not sure if this is a knock on Gabriel, but it seems like we will have new receivers in the system. We did not use the middle of the field enough. For an experienced QB in this system, I didn't see many plays where Gabriel checked out of. Play calling is one of the reasons Theo is leaving, I think. No, I think it's as simple as, you know, at, at a certain point, you're a five-star. Mm-hmm. You want to be better than option four in the passing attack, and that's what Theo Weiss has been for the vast majority of this season. He's been behind Marvin Mims. He's been behind Jalil Farouk. He's been behind Braden Willis in the pecking order. And at times, Drake Stoops. So he is a guy that if he wants to live up to his potential, if he wants to be the guy in an offense, well, I'll say this. I don't think USC is the spot for him, if that's the case. But if he wants to have the type of year that can put him in contention to be an early-round NFL draft selection, as was the hope for a guy like that coming out of high school, it does him some good to pursue a different a different situation, as it were. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. We've got about, uh, about a minute left or so before we have to get out of here. <laughs> Any more disappointing trio of five-star recruits than Weiss, Hazelwood, and Bridges? You look at that 2019 glass for Oklahoma, man. It is a wasteland. You know what? Let's just uh, let's take a quick look at what Oklahoma's 2019 group of commits looked like, and let's find out how many of them really hit for Oklahoma. You got... Jaden Hazelwood, transferred. Spencer Rattler, transferred. Theo Weiss, now transferring. 
Trajan Bridges, dismissed. Austin Stogner, transferred. Jeremiah Cradell, medically retired. Stacey Wilkins, transferred. Woody Washington, there's a good one. Joseph Wete, quit football. Jaden Davis, still on the team, hasn't done a whole lot. Marcus Stripling, still on the team, hasn't done a whole lot. EJ Nadomo Ogar, transferred. Marcus Major, still on the team, hasn't done a whole lot. Marcus Hicks, still on the team and hasn't done a whole lot. Jamal Morris transferred. David Aguebu has been a starter, has been a mediocre one. Marcus Alexander, still on the team, hasn't done much. So too for Corey Roberson. Ramondre Stevenson, that's the best of all of them, I would say. Jonathan Perkins, if he made it to campus, he wasn't here long. Derek Green never made it to campus. Ty D. Arman transferred. Laron Stokes, he turned out okay. And Finley Felix, I think he played in one game over three seasons at Oklahoma. So that 2019 class, man, the percentage of guys you hit on, not high. All right, we got to get out of here. My my uh, lovely wife, Shay, said Caleb Williams was tweeting about Theo Weiss during the OU game. Well, weren't they playing at the same time? Maybe it's a bot account because they were playing Notre Dame at the time. But I wouldn't put it past Sneaky Muleshoe because <sighs> right now evil is prevailing, and that is very disappointing. We live in a society where good it needs to prevail. I'm having a hard time, a really hard time. Got to get out of here. Locked in is coming up next. Have a great Monday. We'll see ya.